curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. I'm excited to welcome Amanda Delaney to today's program. As regional sales manager for industry supplier Imagine Brands, Amanda brings energy, enthusiasm, determination, and a willingness to go the extra mile for anyone in her tribe. Her new blog is titled That Supplier Life, and it brings a first-person perspective to the trials and tribulations that go along with being a road warrior in the promotional marketing industry. She shares my love of all things American Aquarium, and if Amanda believes in something, she's not afraid to channel her energy and enthusiasm toward ensuring everyone and anyone listening is paying attention. I've been lucky enough to be on the receiving end of her cheerleading, and I'm happy to call her my friend. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Roger. You are far too good to me. Oh, man. Well, anybody who wants to send me an American Aquarium t-shirt just for having a conversation <laughs> about the band is uh, tops in my book. So thank you for that. You're, you're so welcome. We're twins now. We are totally twinsies. <laughs> so... Um, you and I had the good fortune to spend some time in each other's physical presence earlier this summer. Yes. Att- attending band together with Danny Rosen and all of the other merry band of promo mofos, as we've come to be known. <laughs> and uh, during that time, we, you and I had an opportunity to talk a little bit um, about the changes in the industry and the way things are shaking out these days. And so I thought, what... What better way to uh, get that conversation down than to get you out on a podcast? So um, I know we probably won't remember exactly what we talked about because it's been a little while, but (laughs) um, there's definitely, you know, the industry is changing. Make no mistake about it. And I think everybody can see it. But there's ways that it's having an effect, right? Both a financial effect. I mean, there are definitely fewer suppliers out there, which means, you know, in small ways, it means things like fewer trade show booths and 
reduced revenue streams for regional associations. Like I know you're you're involved in VAPA, but you know there's other probably less obvious, more personal ways that that consolidation has had effect on people, right? And so yeah. as the industry is turning over, you know, people are retiring and uh, new people are coming in. You know, it's, it's an interesting and dynamic time in the industry. So I wanted to bring you on and kind of talk about that in particular. So you okay with that? Yeah, in definitely. In the context? All right, cool. All right. So let's get into it. So uh, you, you are the most baby-faced girl in the industry, and yet <laughs> you've been in the industry for 16 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, like me, you've seen this evolution. So, you know, specific to mergers and acquisitions, you know, where do you come out on that? What's your feelings on what you're seeing? You know, it's interesting to watch all of this happen. You know, I started in this industry just fresh out of high school for a distributor, which I don't even think they were called distributors at that time. Um, And I've seen it evolve and change so much. And I I really kind of have a love-hate with the mergers and acquisitions to be completely honest so you know when you see trying to say this in the most politically correct way you know like (laughs) like when you know i think the biggest shakeup was you know recently earlier this year when we saw for the first time really apparel and promo merging together and you know i have friends who work for both alpha and you know prime and you know prime before that prime jetline came together you know and i mean great great companies but then you start wondering about like well how that's going to work or is that going to get or or, are they taking too much on like how's that going to affect that business and then you know um i mean even us having imagine brands we're crown and vitronic and we're not i get that question all the time they're like oh you guys merged together and i'm like no we're not merged together we're still very two separate companies but you know, I start wondering, like, are we going to follow suit? Like, are we going to adopt another company? And are we all going to come together? Like, I just, I feel for the supplier reps that deal with those big, crazy mergers, because that's a lot to take on. Like, it's, it's a grind anyways, like, on the supplier side and remembering everything and setups and costs when you have, like, thousands and thousands of products. But for me, having Crown of Vitronic being two very diverse product lines, um, it kind of keeps it easy, sure. you know? But I'd be, you know, and obviously the, the love side of it is you like to see that growth. You like to see those powerhouses kind of coming together and dominate. And hopefully that creates, you know, like more jobs and more people and, you know, bigger trade show booths or what have you. Um, so it's exciting to see that. You definitely like seeing the growth. It's just, I've seen and heard of a lot of, you know, like mergers and acquisitions um, of of that also kind of crumbling business in a way, you know what I mean? Because it's like, how much can one company really take on and still completely satisfy the needs of their customers? And that's what I don't like about seeing that happen. No doubt, no doubt. And um, for a classic example of this is uh, dates back to my first move from the distributor side to the supplier side in the industry when we joined iClick. And uh, Jonathan and I had come up with an idea about single contract or single purchase order decorated mm-hmm. apparel. And, you know, that really came from our time as a distributor where we, we saw how difficult it can be when you have to create a second purchase order uh, for a piece of blank apparel to be decorated. And a lot of people's systems can't can't manage that second PO. 
so we wanted to uh, introduce that service to the industry and at the time iClick was known for having you know world-renowned customer service back in those days and they still do they're a very well respected uh, industry supplier but they were not an apparel company and you know in our time trying to get that uh, service offering off the ground what we realized was when you are bringing something outside of the core of the business it has a way of having uh, a, a multitude of effects on the organization both from a cultural perspective you know being mm -hmm. to your to your point if you're a hard goods supplier and you don't understand apparel decoration you know that's that's not an easy language to learn it takes some no. time and some focus and some dedication to do it and then culturally i mean you know if you think about it when an organization has built itself and its employees pride around a certain set of of you know beliefs and you bring something brand new into uh, that that uh, company, there's it's not a guarantee that from a cultural perspective that that's going to be a good fit either. So, you know, right. to your point, to your point, uh, you know, in in those instances where uh, it's obvious, it's most obviously felt by the uh, the distributor, right? And yeah, and I think that's that's a lot what you're seeing when you're out there in the field is you know that that effect that the you know either culturally or from a scale perspective if it's not working typically you, you'll hear about it first at the distributor level right yeah definitely and that's like one thing that's been hard lately like obviously we all go through growing pains and suppliers have issues just like distributors have issues you know what i mean and um i mean it, it happens mistakes happen you're out of inventory or something doesn't get shipped on the right date like this stuff happens all the time but I feel like my, my main focus every single day, but well, besides growing myself, is <laughs> taking care of my customers, right? And so yeah. when you see different companies kind of coming together and kind of, from my own personal opinion, almost taking so much on, like, you know, like I said before, on one hand, it's, it's awesome. You're like, yeah, like, go dominate, like, be great. You know, it's exciting to see that growth, but how much growth can you do or how many acquisitions can you really make while still servicing the distributor at the level that you need to, which in my opinion is the most important thing that we do, you know? No doubt, no doubt. yep. And so. I think that's gonna be evolving, right? So what the way it is today probably isn't the way it will be a year from now and certainly won't be that way in two years. So it's really, it, it'll be interesting to watch kind of from this specific aspect of what we're talking about to see if scale equals improvement or if scale equals chaos and i don't think we know the answer yet right? so. <laughs> no I, I think there's definitely pros and cons and i hear this single invoice solution like all day every day so i get that but then you know again it's um yeah it's it's, it's always interesting that's what i love about this industry is you see so much good and you see some you know hiccups and whatnot and you kind of see what works and what doesn't work and um it's interesting it's never a dull moment that's for sure no doubt well, and I think even for you, right? So uh, at Imagine, with the changes that have occurred mm -hmm. there, um, you know, you, you yourself are not immune to what we're talking about. I mean, it's it's going on even at your own at your own place. So, you know, w with what's gone on at Imagine, what what kind of how's that affected you as an employee? And like, where where do you come on on what's going on there? So I, first of all, I am so excited about where we're going as a company. Um, 
I'm a pretty driven and motivated, passionate person anyways, but um, I don't think I've been like this driven and motivated to just like be great as I am, you know, right now, which is a result of some shakeups, you know, obviously when we were told that Lori Cates, who I love and adore and have so much respect for, um, was no longer with us and we had a new president, um, that was kind of... I mean, you can't help but wonder, like, when you get this email when I'm, you know, like, on the road in between meetings saying that this happened, you can't help but wonder, like, how that's going to trickle down. You know what sure. I mean? And, of course. And then, obviously, um, when uh, Dana was no longer working for us, you know, he's a good friend of mine and also somebody that I look up to so much, both personally and professionally. And, I mean, when we, you know, were on that phone call, I mean, I started bawling, um, yeah. you know, because I had never experienced that kind of shake up before you know when I was with Sandmar there just weren't any shakeups you know what right. I mean we we're kind of in our own little Sandmar world and we just kept growing but it wasn't very often that somebody you know I mean and and you know they're obviously like privately owned and you know the lots are great people and so I mean it's not like we we're gonna get a call one day that Jeremy Lott was no longer with the company right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so um so this was new for me and I'm a very emotional person and you know, I put my heart and soul into this whole job. And so I was like, well, if Dana's gone, like, what what does that mean for us? You know, and I think there were a lot. And then I went to the Spark event right afterwards. And, you know, it's a very, very small, big industry. So sure. I was at the PPAI Spark event, like, right after that happened. And people are like, well, what does this mean for Imagine? You know, and, and we didn't really know because we were kind of in an in-between phase. And um, since then... Um, I've had the opportunity to talk with Paul Loggi, um a little bit. I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about him. I'm so excited for what he's going to do for our company. And then last Friday, we just had our kind of meet and greet conference call with Lisa Lamond, who is our new VP of sales. And yep. um, she, I mean, I, her and Paul, I guess, have worked together before, so it totally makes sense. But it's just one of those situations where I was like, everything just felt so negative. And then it flipped into feeling so freaking positive. Yeah. You know, and her, and like, I'm so excited to get to work with her, her energy level, and um, just the plans that they both have for where they want to take this company, you know? And I think another thing, too, is it's important. And one, one thing that I really was attracted to before coming to Imagine Brands was that it wasn't a Sandmar, you know? It wasn't this monster in the industry that was just going to grow no matter what. I felt like it was a company, a, a big company, but small enough to where I could directly impact Correct. where we go. Yep. And that's really attractive to me. And having Paul and Lisa both say like, hey, we hear you guys, like call me, text me. This is my personal cell phone number. Like we want to hear what you guys are hearing. And these are the changes we're making. And just knowing that you're heard and you have a voice and like being able to like know that like where we're sitting a year from now, I think it's going to be in an even more phenomenal place than we're in now and being able to be a direct result of that is it's really exciting for me yeah obviously the the notion of being involved in something bigger than yourself but also that your individual contribution are making a positive uh you know uh contribution to where things are going and oftentimes can be the difference between having a job that you like and one that you don't right and yeah even, and even if you're successful in a job where your contribution isn't necessarily uh, uh, respected less, but if 
you understand how your full participation can move the ball forward. It has a way of, of you know, really increasing job satisfaction, no doubt. No, and, 100%. You know, I, well, and, and to, to your point about uh, Spark, right? So, so Spark is more, um, it's a, so for the uninitiated, Spark is a, a PPAI event that is directed on the folks that are you know, under 30 or under 35, I guess, somewhere in that ballpark. Right. Right. And so, you know, we, as as our industry ages, and, you know, it's not a secret, I'm not spring chicken anymore, and we got people <laughs> older than me in this industry, right? And so um, as people are turning their attention uh, to that next generation, and, you know, we're having these constant conversations, you know, dissecting the millennials and the Gen Z, um, what... what Having gone to Spark, like, give me your perspective on your thoughts there when it comes to uh, the next generation of folks in the industry. Yeah, so you know, I, I wanted to go. Um, I'm on the I'm 35. I'm on the high end of what you could consider mm-hmm. millennial, and I personally have never really liked that term millennial, anyways. You know, but I wanted to go. I mean, first of all, any chance that I have to continue my education in this industry, um, I. I, I push and you know I'm very grateful that I have a boss who's super supportive of that for me too so I was super excited to be a part of this but I didn't really know how I felt going into it and just because I don't like the concept of like oh this is you know just millennials or next gen or you know whatever I mean some of my closest friends in the industry are older than me you know right. and you know like you and you know um our, our band together crew this year like that's kind of my clique and my tribe. So it was, it felt a little weird for me going into it. But ultimately, what I took away from that event was that, you know, kind of like you said, like these people are going to retire. I'm going to retire someday. And um, we had a speaker who was just really focusing on the culture of this industry and how so many of us sitting in that room and so many of us who came before us kind of fell into this industry. A lot of people just fell into it. It's not, I mean, I didn't wake up one day and say like, I want to screen print t-shirts and then sell promotional products for a living. Um, But like, (laughs) yeah, like I'm going to sell pens for the rest of my life, but there's nothing else I would rather do. And they were kind of focusing on how to create this industry and kind of, you know, set the pace for the people coming in after us and, you know, for that Gen Z or whoever and making an industry that people want to go into rather than just falling into it. And, you know, when you kind of look at it from that perspective, like, that's right. So, you know, like a lot of the 40s, 50s, you know, 60 year olds that are in this industry that like I personally have learned from and I'm following and I'm tracking, we are a group of people that the next people coming in is going to look at that same way. Mm-hmm. So when I kind of looked at it from that perspective and we were all just kind of collaborating and, you know, just kind of sharing our day to days with each other. And, you know, just like I have customers that Facebook message me. I, right. I, I, I don't know why, but they do. And <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was Paul Bellantone who said at our sales meeting last year, like we, you work how your clients work. Right. So, if my customer wants to FaceTime me, then, or Facebook message me, then I'll Facebook message them. Or, you know, if they text and don't email, like that's how I'll work too. If they are more responsive at nine o'clock on a Monday night, then that's when I'll be the most responsive. So I think just being, especially if you feel like a lot of people don't want to get on that social media train or they've just been so stuck in their ways for 
so long. So here we are, this new group of people coming in saying like, you know, we all feel and think the same way and just getting able to kind of like share those ideas and stuff with like-minded people. It was a really cool experience. Sounds like it. And to your point, the, the proliferation of content in our space seems to have like in the last six months, it seems like it's just exploded. Yeah, for and, sure. And you know, and it's easy for me to say, obviously, as a guy who's doing a podcast, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the only one. And, and I look around and, you know, pretty much any day of the week now in our industry, somebody's putting out something that's really high quality, that's really interesting, that is going to bring you some information in a way that's entertaining and informative. And, you know, for me, I, I don't want to say we're in the golden age of content yet by any stretch of the imagination in our space. But what I do notice is to what you're saying, like Sam Cabert, me, Bill Petrie, uh, you, uh, the folks at Common Skew. I mean, and, and you Kirby know, Hossaman, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we could sit here for the next two minutes and and go through all of the different people in the industry who are producing content and probably not get to the end of the list. And right. so to, to me, that's the amazing part of this. And knowing that there's a group of people out there who are consuming my content who maybe yet aren't doing something, but are pl planning on it, or I mean, in much the same way, you, you knew you wanted to do something. You just needed to get yourself together in a way that you could find your voice and then mm -hmm. start talking and, and feel like you had something to say. And I know there's lots more people out there. So my message is do it. Everybody do it, do it, do it, because it's Everybody important. do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, you know, I had um, some conversations, you know, with you and some other of my, my, my people, you know, and um, it was Bobby Leahy who um, I had a conversation with from Common Skew who was just like, now, like, do it now. Like, what's stopping you? Like, yeah. what are you going to gain from putting it off, you know? And um, right. I, I mean, that's what really, like, kind of made me pull the trigger and just just go for it. And it was cool at Spark talking to other people who are saying like, yeah, I'm kind of thinking of the same thing. And, you know, that's like really when like my wheels started go turning or whatever. Um, yep. Cause you know, so many people are like, I want to do this or I listen to this podcast or I follow this person's blog, you know, and we we're all like sharing ideas and like, oh yeah, I listen to that one every week too. And I'll talk to some of my customers sometimes about like, oh, I heard in this podcast and I'll like share that information because it's all good information, you know, right. like, and the blogs that I read, and they're always like, well, when do you have time to, like, read this stuff? Well, first of all, I can listen to podcasts all day because I drive, like, a million miles right, a week. Right, but, right. you know, but the blogs, like, you just, you make time. And I feel like there's a lot of people kind of who just don't see the benefits of, like, mm -hmm. you know, all that content that's out there. So going yeah. back to Spark, it was really cool being around a group of people who absolutely love it. And we're all writing down, like, oh, you listen to this. I haven't checked that one out yet. And you know, it's, it's just all about that continued education. I'm huge on continued ed uh, education. And, you know, obviously I can't go to every trade show and hear every speaker or go to every event. So, um, I don't know. I just, maybe I have no life outside of this industry. <laughs> but, but I just love, I, I don't know. I love learning and hearing, you know, like I love, I love your podcast um, that we're doing right now. And Unscripted, obviously, is a favorite of mine. And there's just so much good content out there. And, um yeah, I don't know. It, it baffles me that people in this industry like wouldn't want to be more involved with that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're thinking about it, do it. 
It's a mind, it's a mind shift change. I mean, mindset change for sure. I mean, so um, I'm curious too. So let, let's, let's, let's stay in this spark lane for a second. Yeah. So um, it's funny that you mentioned Facebook Messenger because I, I would tell you from my perspective, if you really want to have a conversation with people in our industry, there's, there's no better tool than that one to talk to people. Oh, absolutely. It seems like just the demographic of our industry lends itself to Facebook Messenger. Mm -hmm. And um, I even, I I wrote a a written blog about this. One of my previous uh, podcasts, I did a little experiment where when I released it, I actually went out onto Facebook Messenger and started having one-on-one conversations with people. And if the conversation warranted it where it made sense I would make a reference to that particular podcast that I had just done and kind of suggest that people go take a listen to it and sure enough because of that combination of personal and social promotion I had the highest first week listen of any of my podcast ever and, that's awesome well and to me it's just it's, it's a great example of like proof proof positive that if you want to get reach and you want to develop relationships with people you actually have to do the one-on-one work you can't just put stuff out there on social media yep. and it's and expect that you're going to get the reach that you're hoping for right. so how, how does that group the spark group like where do you guys come out on social and its use and its effective use and where do you see like people half-assing it and not doing it the way they should like where where does that conversation come out in this in the spark community You know, we, I mean, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people there about social media. And for the most part, everybody was, you know, well, actually, I think for all the part, I don't think I talked to anybody there that was like, oh, yeah, we don't do social. You know, so whether it was um, a lot of, a lot of us and a lot of the conversations that I had, we were kind of like, yeah, my personal Facebook page has basically just become like my work Facebook page because your work and personal life in this industry often are kind of one and the same, you know. Um, which I think is phenomenal because um, I love what I do and I, I love, you know, people in this industry and whatnot. Um, so that seemed to be kind of the consensus is that, you know, well, first of all, like, and I, I tell my customers this all the time and I, I had this conversation with a lot of people at Spark, like, if you're not doing your stuff on social media, like, your competition down the street is. So whether you're not comfortable with it or if you don't like it, like, that's just the way that we're moving. And if you want to stay competitive and if you want to play ball, like that's just kind of where you have to move to. And that was another cool thing about the people at Spark because there's a lot of people maybe, you know, older than us who've been doing this for a lot longer that are like, nope, we've been doing business this way for this long and it's worked out just fine. So we're not going to change. But we were all like the thing that kept coming up, too, is like it's so much fun. You know, we were talking about that at Spark. Like it's so much fun to like post things about work or like, you know, the field testing promo that, you right. know, Dana started that's kind of caught on that I do all the time. I mean, it's just fun. And I mean, I'll be at the beach with like one of my, like my Viking full of coffee and, you know, my beach bag and I'll take a picture of it and post it on Facebook. So it, I mean, I think the consensus from what I got and in my personal opinion, um, posting more on whether it's social media or I mean whether it's like Facebook or Instagram my Instagram I tend to keep more like my personal only and Facebook is a a mix of the two yeah but um you know just like posting that on I mean that's what I'm doing with my Saturday I'm like relaxing at the beach and 
you know, kind of selfishly, like, hey, all my friends back home in Seattle, like, it's raining there, and this is what I'm doing today. But at the same time, like, this is my awesome product that I'm also using, and it touches, you know, it reaches my customers. And, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten, like, a text message or a Facebook message about, like, hey, what was that beach bag you posted in your uh, photo? I have a customer who would love that. You know what right. I mean? Yep. And I think that was kind of the consensus at, at Spark is that it – it is it is effective. I don't think there's a real way to gauge, you know, ROI on how much you post on your personal social media. But I mean, the general consensus was that it's fun. It's, I mean, it's not bad. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have any negative effects. Like I feel like it can only have positive effects. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and I wish more people would get on board. I really do. And it feels very much like we're we're on the the tip of that becoming the case and yeah. it's just like the 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 freak frequency and pace of what's going on is definitely picked up and I, I don't think it's going in the opposite direction and just as an aside for anybody who's interested um re as recently as the last podcast i had someone reach out to me afterwards to thank me for the topic and then specifically asked me about uh, buying product from from branded logistics as a result of the topic that we had. So That's awesome. it's, it's not even as if it, it, you know, yes, is it difficult to quantify? Absolutely. But I, I can tell you with certainty that when you get one of those phone calls, specifically because of a piece of content that you've put out there, it's like sort of like having a hit record on the radio to me. You know, it you totally know? is. It, I'm right there with you. It's so cool. And, you know, I people talk about it all the time, too, that, like, you know, social media is it's it's like a drug and we get a, a rush from all the likes that we have and stuff like that, which, I mean, yeah, I'm guilty of that for sure. You know, like, I'm not going to say that I'm not, but when you're posting something, like you said about the podcast and somebody wanted to buy products or like when you know one of my like Facebook pictures of my beach bag turns into like a question like that's I mean that's growing your sales that's you know growing your company's brand awareness like right. and for people like us who love what we do as much as we do like that's just like a high all on its own like you said it's like hearing your signal on the radio or something like exactly that's awesome and yeah. i nothing bad comes from you know doing those posts you either hear nothing or possibly get something so why not why not all right so i want to shift gears so i attended a uh an event for the michigan promotional professionals association uh last month and it was uh, the michigan leadership conference it was the first of its kind for MIPA. It was modeled on the North American Leadership Conference that PPAI puts out, yeah. but, but uh, we had it in Michigan. And one of the big topics that came up during that two-day session was dealing with Amazon, dealing with Costco, dealing with Walmart, and you know all of the big, scary, nameless, faceless behemoths out there that are meant to steal all of our business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where where does Amanda come out on this topic? Does it scare I, you or not? No, not at all. You know, I... No. <laughs> I think people should stop worrying about it as much as they do. And, you know, I'm probably going to get some backlash for this, but I feel like there's a lot of people that worry about it. And I would like to say just do your job better and right. maybe you won't worry about it so much. You know, like, 
I mean, I get the frictionless process and I get the Amazon experience and hey, I'm guilty of it too. Like if I'm not going to have an Amazon Primed ship to me and get it in two days, like right. I'm, I'm, I'm accustomed to that too. So I totally get it. And obviously we live in a world where promotional products have to be turned around in 24 hours and that's just like the new standard and I get all that but there's no way that Amazon or whoever can come in and do all the printed apparel and personalized baseball jerseys and cups and pens and tech items that we all do in this industry there's just no way you know it kind of goes back to that first conversation like you would get too big that you wouldn't be able to do anything effectively and i think i mean it's what a 23 billion dollar a year industry i could have that number wrong no you're right um but there's so much business out there for all of us like why spend time worrying about how amazon or walmart or you know the staples of the world who are now doing promotional products too how they can take over your business like I think Kirby Hossman said it in either one of his blogs or one time when I heard him speak or something like that personal experience will win every time, you know, like that customer service that you get from, you know, hopefully what a lot of us suppliers and distributors are doing well once we're successful anyways, that customer service that, you know, if something happens, we're going to fix it, that face-to-face interaction, you know, that we have, like that's going to win every time. Yeah. I mean, I would choose buying something from somebody that I had a personal relationship with over buying it from Walmart because it was 20 cents cheaper any day. So no focus more on what you can do to build stronger relationships and focus less on how maybe someday Amazon's going to sell pens, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, right. personalized well, pens. Well, uh, I was talking with a distributor uh, early last week and the topic was... Uh, improve, improved, improved sell-through really was what he was talking about. And what he was saying was there's lots of people out there who have built relationships with buyers who when they need something with their logo on it, they don't think twice, they just pick up the phone and call that distributor. Yeah. But what, but what that distributor has to realize is if you fill that order and you don't do anything else, sooner or later, that transaction is not going to continue to come your way. And it's okay to have had your business be, I just wait for that order to come in because I've established a relationship, but know that that uh, revenue stream is in danger. And it, it's okay to acknowledge that you're still taking that kind of work. And I don't think anyone's trying to suggest that we should turn our backs on the kind of business that we get today. Right. But if you're, but if you're interested in staying in business, then you have to sort of take this mindset of I, I know that somewhere in the future that probably will not come back to me and what am I going to do in the meantime to make sure that I have a way to replace that order that I'm not going to get someday in the future. Right? Oh and, yeah, 100% agree with that. And that's to me like, you know, if you can boil it down to what is it that you're doing, it's where are you moving to in that conversation for your own business so as to not be caught by surprise somewhere down the road. Yeah, and, definitely. So, for you, uh, Amanda, you're, you're going to go out on the road this week and you're going to yep. go tr- try to find new people to do business with. G- give me sort some of the characteristics of like when you find a new distributor that you just love going back to. What are, 
What are some of the characteristics of that distributorship that make them such a dream customer to you? Um, personality, honestly. Um, it's just, you know, you, I mean, I have great customers, first of all, but you know, like I, I mean, I have my favorites. <laughs> Anybody sure, who says they don't is lying, Yeah. you know, but it's just, um, personality, obviously like I, I'm high energy, so I'm attracted to high energy and, you know, um, my distributors that are open and transparent with me, um, those are the ones that I really, really love seeing too, because, um, you know, that's like really what kind of like makes a partnership, you know, like you spend so much time going and seeing these people and I don't like, I'm not one of those reps that like goes in and just like throws a bunch of products on the table and then leaves and you never hear from me again. Like I, I hate, I hate those kind of meetings. Like I'll do them. They're important. But um, the customers that are really, or the distributors that are, you know, really like comfortable just sitting down with me and diving into their business and what customers they're selling to and they're not afraid to like give me that info and we can really target like what products we're going to put in front of them or what projects we can do on the back end. Like any customer that leaves or that I leave where I have a project to potentially help them out with, um, I love I just, I, I love that kind of stuff. That's the one. All right. So if, uh, if I'm hearing you right, it's when you're tra transparency means be willing to tell me about the customers that you have, be yep. willing to tell me if you don't know the answer to a question that I have for you mm -hmm. and be willing to accept my, uh, suggestions when I'm making them because maybe I've seen an order or two from a customer similar from somebody else, right? Yeah, definitely. I love it when they lean on me and I tell them all the time too. I'm like, lean on me for that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not saying I'm like the best person at this job by any means, but I, I see what's selling. I see what other customers are selling. I see what's selling into what industries. So like, let, like help me help you. You know what I mean? I, I love being able to be involved like that. Help me help you, Jerry Maguire. And on, <laughs> that, and on that note, Amanda, I will say thank you so much for coming in today. Yes, thank and you. I really enjoyed it. And I'm sure this won't be the last time that our paths cross, hey? Nope, definitely not. We got some American Aquarium watching to do somewhere at some point again. In January. I look forward to seeing you then. I do too. Thanks so much for having me, Roger. Take care. You too. Bye.